American soccer fans, welcome to episode 71 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. It is Friday, January 21st, 2022, and the U.S. men's national team has a roster for World Cup qualifying. It just was released earlier this afternoon, and I'm going to discuss who made the team and who is on the outside looking in for this window. Obviously, there has been a lot of talk about who was going to make this roster. We've had a couple of issues with COVID. We had a January training camp featuring MLS-based players who are currently in their offseason, and there has been a lot of debate about how many of those guys you bring to Columbus, to Hamilton, and to St. Paul, Minnesota. You also have the European-based players. Some of our guys who have just been loaned out or have been transferred to other teams, some who are in peak physical condition and in the peak form of their careers. But I want to get into the roster, and I will say that also uh, I was on the Greg Berhalter press conference that took place just a little bit ago where media got to ask him about this roster formation, and there was obviously several questions from that. We will have some audio from some key answers that I think were important in laying out how this roster was formed. So let's start with the roster in itself. We have 28 guys on this roster, four goalkeepers, Sean Johnson, Gabriel Slanina, Zach Steffen, and Matt Turner. For your defenders, you have nine defenders, Reggie Cannon, Serginho Dest, Brooks Lennon, Mark McKenzie, Chris Richards, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman. Your midfielders, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre, Sebastian Legette, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, and Christian Roldan. And then finally, your forwards, Brendan Aronson, Paul Areola, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, and Giasi Zardes. So, as I mentioned, a slightly larger group than Greg Berhalter has been carrying in the past. Most he's had in the camp is 27 guys. This one has 28. And a lot of that has to do with you know a myriad of issues. This is a unique window. It's January. This January window would not exist if not for COVID. And on this press conference, I, had, I asked him, I had the last question of the day, and I asked him about whether there was a taxi squad of some sort, given the fact that it is January. I mean, if you guys think about it, air travel is not the best right now. We have a ton of delays due to staffing issues and just all the winter storms that have been going around. There's also COVID, and Burhalter has noted that COVID has really affected the formation of the roster. We had COVID issues that already existed in this last January training camp, as well as even in the initial roster that he had. Burhalter mentioned on this press conference that Gianluca Busio had been included on the roster but had to be removed because he just contracted COVID. So we all hope that he's okay, but here's Greg Berhalter and whether he has a taxi squad of alternates that will be close to the team as they go through these matches. We have alternates that are ready to go. We also purposely brought um, a a larger number of players from this group here because we know we're in the bubble here. We know that we're we're safe. We're going to be traveling over to Columbus privately. So we know that's going to be a, a closed environment. Um, and then it's just about having the other, the rest of the group on standby in case we need, but with 27 players, uh, we think we're in pretty good shape. I, I think it gets, you know, when you start going over 30, it starts getting to be difficult to manage training and, and training participation and, and all those things. But 
with 27 and then a, a group on standby, we think we're pretty well covered. And we just have to hope for the best. You know, there's instructions going out to the players about well, how to travel over here and to make sure we're wearing the N95s and being really cautious because, you know, it, it, we all know, everyone knows how the COVID's been spreading and we just have to be careful. So while he has guys ready to go and looks like there's a few guys that have their bags packed, they're not going to be with the team and the team is going to be in their own bubble as they go through these three games. I will note that he mentioned that everyone is available to play in Canada. Reed, everyone is vaccinated because you have to be vaccinated to enter Canada. They have not made exceptions in that regard for professional athletes. So at least we know that this group of 28, all of them will be available for selection in Canada. You have to note that even though this group is 28, only 23 can dress on match days. So you're going to have five guys in each match day, at least five, who are going to be left off the match day roster. So everyone's available to play in Canada. And it seems like the idea is, even with this big group, you still have some leeway for guys should they uh, contract COVID, if there's injuries, if there's yellow card accumulation. You know, there's a lot of different things that can factor into uh, who makes a game day roster and who ends up actually playing on the field. I will mention, you know, we talked about the guys who are on the team, some notable guys that are not on the team. I mentioned G. Luke Busio, but there's no John Brooks, no Daryl DK, no Jordan Pifok, and no Joe Scally. And Burhalter was specifically asked about John Brooks. If you remind, if you remember, he was left off of the roster back in November during the qualifying window. And he had a question about whether or not it was John Brooks's form or other issues that formed the main reason for his exclusion from this roster. So here's what Burhalter had to say about that. There's absolutely nothing beyond form with John. Um, we think that, you know, he, he has the opportunity to play a role with us in the future for this window. We decided based on, on how we're looking at these games and what are the strengths of our opponent that he wouldn't be the best fit for this particular window. We're hoping that he regains his form for Wolfsburg and they can, they start winning games and, and move themselves up the table. And he's a key part of that. So the, like any player, you know, this isn't stuff that's written in stone. If a, just because a player's not in this camp, it doesn't mean he doesn't have a future with the program. And that goes for um, Jordan Pifak. It goes for Josh Sargent. It, we saw that he scored tonight. That, that's, that's great news um, for Josh and great news for Norwich. Uh, it goes for guys like Tim Ream, John Brooks. And in Buzio's case, he was called in and he got COVID. And that's um, that's unfortunate, but he was part of the roster and we had to um, make make changes. So we saying it's all form. Um, I, I, I know people may debate John Brooks's form, but it's clear that his form is not up to the level that Burhalter is looking for from him in order to play in these matches. And I think all of us would agree that John Brooks at his peak can be the best you know, one of the best players on the team, much less the best center back. And we all want him to get back to that level. Was he at that level in October? Absolutely not. Was he, he was very gracious in November when he was left off the roster. He had a great statement about how he needs to play and get better. And it just doesn't seem that he's back to that yet. A lot, I, I know a lot of people will debate whether or not John Brooks is ready to be on the squad. And I think a lot of us, myself included, would want him on this roster. We want him to be a part of this because we know what John Brooks can provide at the center back position, but he is not on this roster and it's very clear that it's formed. That is the number one reason. And we'll see what happens going forward. If, if 
if we're looking at John Brooks in March, it seems like he has a little bit of ways to go to get back into the good graces of Greg Berhalter. Now, the other question that we had, another one of these questions that we had, with 13 guys in this roster from Major League Soccer, which is in the offseason, Berhalter had a couple of camps, one in December with a match against Bosnia and one in January that was just training that has just wrapped up today. This was made in an effort to keep those guys in shape, but he clearly had to weigh the fitness of players in a selection process. And the overarching question of, do you bring in guys from major league soccer who are out of season, who are just starting to enter the preseason mode, or do you bring in guys from Europe who are playing every week and are in the middle of their seasons? So here's Greg Berhalter on how he had to balance MLS based players who are in their off season versus the in season form of guys from Europe. That was the exercise. Basically, we looked at every position and we, we had to evaluate how, you know, how fit the guys were in each position and what they can give us in each position. And some guys, um, you know, didn't get chosen from Major League Soccer because we didn't deem them fit enough or inform enough. And other guys made it because they were, you know, our last game was on December 18th. And, and a lot of the guys who, who carried on to this roster were on, were on that roster. Um, and, you know, so they had a couple weeks off. Some of the guys in Europe had a couple weeks off. So, you know, we pushed them hard this camp enough so that we're confident that they'll be fit enough to compete. And with the European guys, most of them have been playing. And if not, they've been training regularly and should be at a good level as well. We think fitness won't be an issue in this camp. So I think the idea here is that a lot of people would say that guys like Joe Scali or Jordan Pifok because they're playing every day and even John Brooks, because they're playing every week for their clubs and they're in the middle of their seasons, they should be given the preference. And it sounds like Greg Berhalter doesn't think that way. He has guys clearly that he wants to bring in. He has guys from Europe that he wants to bring in and he's figuring out a way to compliment all of them. So it remains to be seen, obviously how he divvies up this playing time and, and whether he rotates, he's done that in windows past. But when it comes to these guys, I think the MLS players would take offense to anyone who says they're not ready and they're not fit and they're not ready to play. I think all these guys would beg to differ and say they're ready to play. And honestly, we've had some guys step up in the past during times when they have not been playing for their clubs. It does not matter whether they're in major league soccer or in Europe. Some guys just haven't been playing lately and some of them are on this roster and some aren't. We talked about Gio Rena. Gio Rena is coming back from injury. And Greg Berhalter mentioned he wants him to get kind of reintegrated back into that Borussia Dortmund squad. But we're going to see him in future months if, once that happens. For some of these guys, it's literally just about fitness. And Greg Berhalter said some guys were in contention, but they weren't fit enough. And so they were excluded. Some guys were ready to go, whether it be for 60 minutes in one game or, or to go match fit for full 90. And he included them on this roster. And then finally, related to that, there was obviously a couple of positions, notably the wing and right back, where it seemed like there was a lot of overloading. And there was a lot of guys who can play that position who are on the roster. We could talk about right back where there's four right backs on this team, but only one left back. And of course, you have Sergio Dest who can play both, but people were questioning what the deal is with not bringing a Joe Scali who can play left back as cover. And Burhalter explained what his philosophy was behind selecting quite a few guys that can play at the same position. 
There's some positions that we purposely, um, you know, are loaded in for the, for that case that we don't we don't expect the players to be 90 minutes fit. We expect expect to be um, pers- approaching it in a in a platoon type of method where we put guys on, we take guys off, and we and we work that way. As long as they can go, they can play. And when they can't give any more, when the, then we sub them out. But when I look at the winger position in particular, we have Christian, Brendan, Timmy, Paul. And Jordan Morris, uh, who are who are more than capable of playing that position. So between those five, we're pretty confident that we can get performances that will last 90 minutes. And the other position has been right back. Um, Reggie's been playing regularly. DeAndre just got in and played 90 minutes the other day, but hasn't been such a regular. Um, and Serginho hasn't been playing that often. So that's another position that we have to be cautious at. We have plenty of cover there. Uh, but overall, we think that you know, the, the value of these guys, the value of a guy like Brendan and Tim is worth it, even though they're not 90 minute fit per se. Although Brendan has played three friendly games for Salzburg in preseason. Okay. So I know that answer is not going to satisfy a lot of people, especially people who are fans of Joe Scally, who's been performing quite well in his first full season with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Jordan Pifo, who's been playing very well for young boys, Daryl DK, who is starting to you know play for West Brom, he just transferred there, and him being integrated with his team is you know when he's going over at the same time as Ricardo Pepe, who was in the squad. There's a lot of back and forth over who you can pick, and honestly, when it comes to these rosters, everyone has their favorites, right? Everyone has someone who, if they don't make the squad, it's a it's a travesty, and everything needs to be torn up and and redone but we can't have 90 guys in this camp. Greg has mentioned that once he gets above 28, 29 guys, he thinks that camps get too big and that he can't focus on what he needs to do. He has, he's, his focus becomes more about managing more guys than he can manage or that any manager can manage when you're going for important things like nine points in a window. That's his main focus, and he doesn't want to focus on having to bring along you know, a bunch of guys that he knows are not going to play or, or he has to work, you know, worry about evaluating them and all these little things. He wants to go with the guys he thinks can get the job done. And it looks like with this 28, he thinks that this 28 is going to be the team that can get it done. And I think we all hope that is the case. So there is your roster. That was Greg Berhalter on the roster. A reminder, we have three games in this window. It all starts off on Thursday. January 27th, we will be in Columbus to face El Salvador. We then travel to Hamilton, Ontario to take on Canada on the road in a game that unfortunately was reduced in capacity to 50%. So only 12,000 fans will be at the donut box in Hamilton. And then finally, returning to St. Paul, Minnesota, the men's national team will take on Honduras in the final game of that window, that game being on February 2nd. So we will leave it there. Up next, we discuss the selection of the final home World Cup qualifier. But first, we pause for a quick break. All right, we are back, and U.S. soccer has let everybody know where the final home World Cup qualifier will be for the U.S. men's national team. And that venue is Exploria Stadium in Orlando, Florida. The U.S. men's national team will host Panama there on March 27th, which is sandwiched between road games at Estadio Azteca against Mexico 
on March 24th and at Estadio Nacional against Costa Rica on March 30th. The U.S. MNT is undefeated at Exploria Stadium with four wins and four matches there. That stadium was also the site of the final home World Cup qualifier back in the 2017 Hex. That match also against Panama. That result was a 4-0 win for the U.S. Unfortunately, as we know, that match came four days before that game that will not be mentioned on this show. This time around, the U.S. men's national team is in a different position. They're in a position where, depending on what happens in this window, Orlando could serve as a potential World Cup qualifying, clinching location for that team. They currently sit in second place in the octagonal standings with six matches to play. Obviously, we have three over the next nine days. So the 25,500-seat Explorer Stadium could be the site where the U.S. finally punches their ticket to the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. So the seven home venues for World Cup qualifying for the men's national team, Nashville, Austin, Columbus, and Cincinnati are in the books. Up this month, we, of course, return to Columbus and then head to St. Paul, Minnesota, and Orlando rounds this out in March. So let's hope Orlando really is the Magic Kingdom once again for the men's national team. Before we get out of here, a quick programming note. We will preview the entire World Cup qualifying window for the men's national team on our next episode. We also have an interview with someone who knows the Canadian national team very well as we preview the marquee matchup of this window USA, Canada, and Hamilton. So look out for episode 72 on Tuesday morning. That pun was not intentional, but as stands, episode 72 on Tuesday morning. But that will do it for episode 71 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Rates and reviews are awesome and really help. So five stars if you like what you're hearing. If you have questions for the show, and I'm sure you have quite a bit about this roster, send them to ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. Again, we will check back on Tuesday morning. So until then, take care.